असलकम मेरे प्यारे मशीरा साहबा मकसूद बेगम on the use of cassette tapes for audio messages between families in Britain and Pakistan A thin strip of spooled magnetic tape was vital in facilitating long distance messages The recordings were often emotional and intimate and represented a sonic embodiment of family members separated by borders memory and time और बहुत चंगी बच्ची बड़ी असें अल्लाह पाक रहम की मोहम्मद जहीर ने शादी बड़ी गज बज के की you can kiss a letter but you can't kiss it sound i would cry and i could understand the tears falling in the sounds of the cassette and i could actually visualize the house in which it was recorded and i could even see the movement of the leaves of the trees under which it might have been recruited so the cassette didn't just give the message cassette gave meaning the letter gave us messages but the meaning of the existence of the message giver was missing in that aur ta koi bhai pehni In 1959 I think they first came to the UK. For my mum it was a huge struggle because dad was here with his two brothers, his older brothers. He had this reassurance that he had a brother back home taking care of his parents. However, I think for mum it was a big struggle because she didn't have any family here and all of her siblings and her parents were still back home. The first time she visited Pakistan again was 10 years. after she came here and then the second time she went back to pakistan was another 10 years later so they'd left their parents and everything they knew they came to a country where they couldn't even speak the language so for them it was really emotional to connect with the people back home because you know they desperately desperately wanted to feel that culture again Back then, travel and talking to your family, even picking up a phone was quite a rare thing. It's an expensive thing to do. Very few people did that. My mom hadn't seen her father and her parents for what 16 years. To be perfectly honest, we didn't know about our families back home because there wasn't really that many pictures either, so there was really nothing for us to go by. I think we didn't understand it. We thought, "What is this?" Because I think when you're so young, you just don't get it, and you just think it's all silly. You don't understand the emotions because you're with your parents. I remember my mother recording her voice more than I remember her listening to these tapes. She'd modulate her voice because there wasn't anyone there to speak to. I mean, these are not dialogues; they're monologues. She's recording her voice into a device, 
and it's not responding to her in the way that she's familiar with. What she's doing is having to leap into a conversation. She's having to sort of imagine what it's like to be there in front of somebody and somebody that you are deeply tied to emotionally. As a young child, I used to sit next to my mom and, you know, she used to listen and then she used to record and you could hear the emotion, but also you could hear the weakness in her voice as well. Because she grew up with these people and my father came here very young, so he had a lot more time to adapt to the society here. And I think for me, it was quite upsetting thinking, why is my mom crying? You know, what's happening here? I don't think I completely understood what was going on. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think we've ever spoken about it. But I guess it's that raw emotion. She mentioned that she spent three years of crying. She just couldn't bear being away from her family. You know, that's what, that's what it must have been like for when she was listening to the voices of her parents or her sisters or her brothers or whatever. It's difficult to describe really. I mean, when you haven't heard from somebody for months, it could be many, many months, and then you receive this tape and all you want to do is go and listen. It was just so exciting. It was just such a lovely feeling. The fact that we played it loud, it almost felt as if they had joined us in our living room. So at the time, there were just voices for me rather than messages. I understood very little when I was that age. They didn't have real meaning for me personally. I used to tell my kids, who's speaking now? This is your Popo Yasmin, this is your uncle Shazad. And I showed them all those pictures, all those photos. I used to tell them like that. Bear in mind, a lot of these relatives never got to come to UK. A lot of the kids had never met them. Growing up, that was quite interesting because you've got a relative, you've not met them. You may have seen the photos of them, so your parents are telling you, oh, that's your granddad's brother, or, you know, that's this person. They're kind of building up a profile in your mind without you having that face-to-face -face interaction. You know, I can imagine tape cassettes being a better method because of the emotion that you can put behind the tapes. When you're writing a letter, you know, you, you read it in a sort of a monotone, don't you? You don't know where the emotion is. Whereas when you're recording something, any little crackle in the voice, you can tell how that person is feeling emotionally, whether they're happy, whether they're upset. And I can imagine that was the best method of communication that they could think of at that time. Not even what they could think of, what was available at the time. That was the best method. It was just a really good way of creating that bond with people that we hadn't seen. It was out of necessity and not out of a desire. I think it was an adaptation to the new technologies that help us to communicate that which we couldn't because there's a lot in the human voice. There's a lot of an intonation which can't be replicated by anything, even today. No letter in any language. Because I can't write a feeling, I can only approximate it. 
that's the only way you could show, you know, your feelings. So they couldn't see us, but they listened to us. So it used to be full, you know, tape. We didn't send any blank away, full of, uh, you know, emotions. And so we had that touch, quite close contact through listening and them listening to us. These are very emotional things because very often there were people who that's all they heard because they died afterwards. Sometimes they, they just never made it. All they received was the voice. <laughs> Most of it was quite sombre, rather than being cheerful and joyful and celebrating things. A lot of the time it was if somebody had passed away. It was like a grieving process for the people here in the UK when they couldn't go to Pakistan. Everybody would gather and we'd all sit down and we'd record these messages of condolences, really. The majority of the cassettes used to start off with a message of condolence. So whenever there used to be a death, it was a very sad time for my father and his brothers because they couldn't attend and they couldn't comfort their parents. So I want to know um, <coughs> we, I played back a cassette with you. In, in fact, I will play it a little bit now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thing now is that, you know, listening to their voices, I can recognize Popolavi uh, used to call him Popolaji, Popolavi used to call a Popi, and it gives you a feeling. I became a little emotional. So you heard your yeah. puppy? This was your puppy? Yes, yeah, she is your grandmother. is my puppy, yeah. I remember how much she used to love us when we used to go to her house. And when she used to come to our house in Pakistan, and your granddad used to take care of his uh, um, plants a lot. And he had some, planted some, uh, roses, red ones and yellow and you know, and then he had also planted uh, some fruit trees there, uh, apricots, oranges, uh, pomegranates and something else there, uh, some jasmine plant as well, uh, it was full of plants. You had houses built on the right but on the other side you had a lot of plants, he loved plants. Uh, and your daddy used to take care of those. 
you, you could smell the fragrance of those flowers. When my dad died, that feeling that everything had changed and nothing had changed at the same time. That feeling, the ache of loss and identity and to try and make sense of, of the world, it is resolved over time. Occasionally you'll get a, a little spike that's similar to the initial phases of that loss 15 years down the line, and that's what happened to me. So it was around five years ago when I had one of these spikes and I was aching for my dad. So I went up to Manchester, rummaging through my mum's home when I was desperate to sort of reconnect with him in a different kind of way. I stumbled on one of these cassettes and found him talking and it was a shock. It was a shock to hear his voice just as it was and as I remembered as a child. And just cried, just absolutely bawled around this time. One of the disappointments I suppose I had was my father never getting to meet my son, Isaac. So I've played these cassette tapes back to Isaac, so Isaac knows my father's voice. He's heard my father's voice, he's heard him speaking. So Isaac has sort of got to know my father in some way, but of course my father never got to know Isaac. This episode features archive material from the Tape Letters Oral History Project. Tape Letters is a Modus Arts production. Presented by Wajid Yassin, audio production and sound design by Oliver Sanders, produced by Leon Fensum and James Ibrahim Hadrill. The executive producer is Lucia Scazocchio. For more information, head to tapeletters.com. <laughs>